to Hammer and Tusk Podcast episode. Who knows? We've done so many now. My name is Mac. And my name is Ren. Uh, this week we are diving right into our newsletter. We wrote a blog post that we think matters. You know, being black in America is essentially a dangerous thing to be at this point. Uh, probably it always has been. We're just being exposed to that through cameras. This is a systemic problem, and we're wondering about VR as one of the many, many tools that could be useful in helping to solve this. This is not trying to be technology douchebags in Silicon Valley trying to make apps to solve all of the world's hunger problems, but there is legitimate argument that the better training provided by VR could actually be useful in identifying people who are prone to bad judgment, as well as correcting bad judgment in training. Anything I'm missing, Ren? No, that's the gist of it. You can find that on our Medium, which is Hammer and Task on Medium, where all the cool kids do their reading. This week we have virtual reality grandfather Tom Furness fears technology's potential to create violent worlds. So this is not a new conversation, but another interesting take on it about whether or not the experiences that we create in VR will be so real that there could be serious psychological ramifications. So if you pick up a gun and you shoot someone in VR, are you going to suffer the same potential PTSD as someone in a war situation? So this is a bit of an extension, an extrapolation of the old, like when I was a kid, my grandma used to say to me, don't play Dungeons and Dragons, because <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons kids kill their grandmas. Uh -huh. And I think there's like one time that this happened, but it became this, yeah. right, in the 80s, that was, and then, and then Grand Theft Auto and video games and people shooting people in video games. Absolutely. So this is basically that same argument extended to the VR world, but like many things, Maybe in VR these concerns become more relevant because we have presence. Like we're all obsessed with this exactly. medium because it is so immersive that there could be some there could be some weight to this. Uh, you know, we even hear about the Korean kids who are playing lineage and not getting off their machines and actually starved to death. One guy starved to death. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's always the one story that you hear. Yeah, and you hear it over and over, and you see it in a bunch of news outlets and blah blah blah. Uh, NVIDIA to showcase new methods for foveating rendering in virtual reality. So this is very cool. Apparently there's a process called foveation by which our brain automatically blurs out stuff we're not looking at. So we're not aware of it, but the stuff in our peripheral vision is actually blurry. And we can't tell because we're not looking directly at it, so we never notice. And that doesn't happen in VR. Yeah. So what they're trying to do is recreate that foveation, which actually takes down, um, it makes it... Like the polygon count drops so that they have to render a lot less because exactly. only things in focus need to be high resolution. You got it. And these people, are they, they're doing this already or they're talking about this or what's the state of this? Uh, NVIDIA is working on it right now. To showcase new methods. Yeah, so so we there's a big conference soon. coming up soon and NVIDIA is expected to be showcasing this method there. Watch how a $25,000 robot makes virtual reality way better. So this is a clickbaity title, which is totally misleading, but is absolutely hilarious to watch. So you can go and check out this person has um, programmed a robot so that when they touch things with their Vive controllers, the robot knows to move the pads there so you physically get to touch something. 
So it basically can be programmed with the game and can respond to the things that should be in the game. So it can move all around you and it can kind of be the environment. It provides tactile feedback. Exactly. But not just as a humanoid to anything you might engage with. Yeah. So it's a, a silly solution to a real problem that we don't have tactile feedback yet. Um, and obviously no one's going to spend $25,000 on their very own robot, especially because you would need two of them. Probably you need one behind you and one in front yeah, of you because they can't three. move fast enough. <laughs> the U.S. military, they will spend this money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, walk with Mahatma Gandhi. Travel 85 years in a minute at Rashtrapati Bahavan Museum. So this is an example of interestingly using augmented reality rather than virtual reality really? in a new museum exhibit. So it's not opening to the public until October 2nd, but it is going to be um, christened in uh, the next month. And this is another experience that you need to go to. We can't go download this. Because it's augmented reality, you need to actually go to the museum in India. Yeah. Huh. That sounds cool. I don't yeah. know if it sounds go to India cool at this point, <laughs> but it sounds cool. Well, it's very good reasons to go to India. I just don't know if this is going to be... <laughs> the one. Yeah, the camel that broke the back. <laughs> uh, and NVIDIA... Ooh, twice in one issue. Uh -huh. NVIDIA's on fire. NVIDIA's on fire. Eye-tracking tech could revolutionize virtual reality. So again, kind of clickbaity title. Is it really going to revolutionize it? Uh, but it's going to be very interesting. And again, they're claiming that they're going to be showcasing this at the upcoming conference. So we'll see what it actually ends up looking like. But it also allows uh, graphics rendering to be focused on a smaller area. So you're going to be able to see much sharper images, hopefully. Especially when you combine this with the foveated yeah, rendering. Yeah, foveation stuff. It seems... Yeah, they seem related. Yes, very much so. Um, and our article of the week is Exploring Methods for Conveying Object Weight in Virtual Reality. So this is what they were sort of jokingly doing with the robot. This is an article about all of the more realistic ways in which we might be able to tackle and solve this problem. Um, the basic gist of it was that we don't really have an answer that is elegant. So there are some things that you can do. Something that they were looking at is making it so that objects are harder quote-unquote, harder to pick up, so they move more slowly, basically. So when you try and pick something up with your controller, you have to move more slowly or you drop it. Um, but it's yeah, just not... Yeah, that's not going to work. Right, that's it's just not, it's not elegant. Yeah. We need haptic feedback. We need it now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we need haptic feedback. We need it now. That's our theme. Okay, my name is Mac. My name is Ren. And this is the wrap-up of the latest episode of the Hammer and Tusk podcast. Sign up at hammerandtusk.com. You see the newsletter link at the top. Uh, and check us out next week. We'll be back. Talk to you then. Bye.